0: We beg of you mercy this morning and grace that you would open the eyes of our understanding, that you would open the eyes of our hearts, that we might see, we might see Christ high and lifted up, that Lord, we might sit at your feet, that we might learn of you. Oh Lord, send your Holy Spirit to minister to us, to teach us all things. Father, we pray for peace in our hearts. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. Well, Chris Law is coming in a couple weeks. Uh, A couple of my children and I are going to the the Gen 2 conference down in Cincinnati. And... um, He's going to be there and he's going to come home with us, apparently, and, and fly out of here. But I thought I should have waited and left this text for him to preach. And, uh, you know, we've been working our way through Genesis, and he could have handled this one, and we'd see how he did. Um, but uh, I wouldn't do that to him, but it would be a, a good test. I'll, I'll tell him that, that that's where we're at and see, see how he responds. So we learned last week of Lot and uh, his lot. And we learned really that Lot is you and he is me and our ultimate depravity. And God reaches down and he saves us and delivers us and plucks us out of the world. Well, here we see in verse 30 that Lot now, Sodom and Gomorrah and the five cities of the plain have been destroyed by fire, by earthquake, which we know is true. We know that the archaeological evidence is there, that uh, massive destruction took place there. Uh, They've they've discovered that. They found it. So verse 30, Lot went up out out of Zor. You recall that Lot wanted to go to Zor. He did not want to obey the angels that wanted to take him to the mountains. He wouldn't go. He kept complaining and still murmuring all along. And so he goes to Zoar which is, means small city. Uh, and he dwelt there. So now in verse 30 and lot went up out of Zor and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him, for he feared to dwell in Zoar and he dwelt in a cave he and his two daughters. So little late, little late. and like we like to teach our children and talk to our children that slow obedience, is no obedience. But obedience, true obedience, is a heart that desires to obey, and we should obey. Children, you should obey mom and dad immediately, all the time. And parents, we ought not to train our children. We are imperfect. I am imperfect in this because we settle for convenience oftentimes, and we don't demand that our children obey the first time, but they should. And we can train them to obey on the second, third, or fourth call, or we can train them to obey the first time. Children need to obey. You notice here a lot. He's filled with fear. And he's so compromised that fear, hey, when you are filled with unbelief, you'll be filled with fear. Fear and unbelief go hand in hand. And... um, it's one of the symptoms of unbelief is, is hearts that are filled with fear. He has to start over. He lost everything in Sodom. And this passage of scripture begs the question that screams to me Why didn't he go and reestablish his relationship with Lot or with Abraham? Abraham is right there. Abraham's right on the other side of the mountain. Why didn't he go there? He'd lost everything. Abraham would have taken him in with open arms, I'm sure. So he finally leaves Zoar, and he goes to where he was supposed to go, which was the mountains, and they dwell in a cave. And, you know, caves are very common there. This is a very similar. This is the area where they discovered the, De- the Dead Sea Scrolls were in a cave, and uh Lots of people likely living in caves, people that may have survived the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah would be in in those mountains. Here's the ultimate irony. You recall that he and Abraham were wrestling over the land. The land, this whole thing began because the land couldn't sustain both of them. And Lot's herdsmen and Abram herdsmen, they were fighting over water and feed. And Abram just said, you know, you choose. We need to divide, you choose. And Lot, because of his heart's desire, chose to be near Sodom. His heart really was after the world. And so he, he builds his, his home and his family on the edge of Sodom and then we see him in Sodom and we see the end of that he abused his liberty he abused his prosperity and he forsook the communion of the saints for the world and now he has suffered tremendous loss let that be a lesson to us we seek the world and seek the Things of the world. If any man loved the world and the things of the world, the love of the father's not in him. And we tend to wrestle with the things of the world, don't we? Look at verse 31. The firstborn said unto the younger, father is old. There is not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. So here's the lie. There's no men. Some of our young ladies today, they they wrestle so much and the enemy piles on, piles on. There's no men. There's no men. Listen. Here's the truth. Just on the other side of the mountain, Abram had probably 400 men. He had many hundreds of men. Do you recall John the Baptist being able to say that that was the Israelites saying, the Pharisees saying, you know, we're the sons of Abraham and John the Baptist saying, "Hey, God can raise up from these stones sons of Abraham." You recall Elijah after his great victory with the prophets of Baal. And he finds himself in fear. And remember the whirlwind and the lightning and the thunder and then God speaks and a still small voice comes and speaks to Elijah. And Elijah saying, oh, I'm the only one. Me, I, me alone. I'm your only one, God. The Lord rebuked him. And he said, Elijah, I have